This podcast is made possible by Sage People and U.S. Bank. So, hello, this is Bill Price, CFO of Mineral Tree, and you're listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 439. is uh, a focus on an after-tax cash return on invested capital and really drive all our decisions, capital allocation, everything around what kind of cash returns are we getting on invested capital and have an intense, intense focus on that as well as the, the analytics that, that go with that to help decision-making. Uh, and one of the other key things we are just embarking on is a much more proactive and active um, M&A process. Uh, in the past, we've done acquisitions. They've been more opportunistic. Uh, what we look forward to is putting in a little bit more disciplined process around proactive M&A to seek acquisition targets and then um, and then go after them in, in, a, in a proactive manner. From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we speak to Amit Singhi about his latest CFO tour of duty at the Piston Group, where his first order of business has been to help the companies under the Piston umbrella march in step with better governance allowing them to savor the opportunities that their far-flung operations can jointly deliver. Our discussion with Amit begins after these words from our sponsor. Hello, Jack here. I have a message for you from the folks at Sage People. Decisions about your people should be driven by data. But is your HR department still using spreadsheets to keep track of your people? It's time to move to cloud. Understand what makes your employees tick. Know your best performers or determine absence trends. All with a cloud HR and people system. Sage People empowers organizations to respond quickly and easily to changing priorities in today's shifting world of work. It means you can make sure your workforce is able to adapt while staying connected and engaged wherever they are. Discover how to get instant insights at your fingertips. Visit us today at sageintech.com forward slash sage Dash people. Thank you. 
is always interesting to our listeners. Um, and if listeners want to learn more about your early years, I'll just point out that was episode 287. Can you tell us about uh, the opportunities that you saw at Mission and, and uh, what it what factors you to? Well, that's a big fact as you mentioned,
peer collaboration. And in my mind, that's what this really requires you not to get down edict to these groups that have operated independently largely, uh, but kind of form a relationship with you so they would understand uh, how going forward they would enjoy uh, you know, some of the fruits of the association as well as working in depth with the organization as a whole. Can you tell us how you went about establishing those relationships? Because I have to believe there's a chance you could be the bad guy here. There's a chance, oh no, we have another layer of management coming in above us. How did you avoid that perception from taking the group? Well, the question, and this is part of the journey that I've spent on, as you can imagine, as you rightfully pointed out, this was an added layer, added structure, added governance that did not exist before. And so the natural reaction was, like we need that, there's more bureaucracy, more governance, and so forth. From our standpoint, I've tried very hard, and I specifically believe in decentralization. So we are going to rehab and we are going to continue to keep the companies fairly independent and autonomous. So each company has its own CFO and CEO and operating staff. And they are fairly independent and running their own businesses uh, with full responsibility and accountability for cleaning up. The intent was not to try and centralize everything. It's actually, I do believe in keeping the organization decentralized in the most time as possible. But at the same time, and I'm giving the CEO full responsibility and accountability. Uh, and for that reason, I've intentionally kept the group structure to minimum. So I've not tried a whole lot of bureaucracy and structure and staff at the group level. But at the same time, I've figured out how do we better leverage the synergies that do exist that can benefit all the companies. So not have central layers of staff and, and, uh, and move everything to a corporate structure that uh, has coordination and communication and uh, collaboration across the companies to leverage the synergy that we have so that everyone benefits. For example, when we had two different boards uh, for the company, we streamlined that to one. Uh, there are now structured quarterly board meetings instead of uh, having a board meeting ad hoc and or every other month of the different companies. So it's that streamlined. We have management review meetings once a month across all the companies that did not exist before. So where the CEO and the CFO for each one of the companies comes together and we talk about the entire business for all the companies and we learn from each other on what each company is facing and, and, and how they're addressing those issues that gives uh, lessons and insights to the other companies who might be dealing with similar issues. Uh, we are sharing um, our procurement and services across the companies to see where we can combine and, and not change anything in terms of the service provided, but we're trying to get full efficiency to negotiate and leverage with the service providers. So that's how we've tried to do it, obviously, coming into a new organization. Um, I've tried very hard to build those relationships and walk the fine line between, obviously, having a little bit of structure and governance, but at the same time, respecting the, the autonomy uh, of the individual companies and really trying to work on a win-win. Uh, with a good relationship 
Omit responds to that question after these words from our sponsor. Technology adoption, business partnership, strategic direction, resource optimization, and honestly, scalability, right? We are past the point in business of throwing people to solve problems. Like, Let's take a five-second pause and RIP to that business strategy, right? <laughs> you can't just throw people to solve problems anymore. Hi, I'm Rowan Tonkin, your host at Being Planful. You just heard from Chris Ortega, a recent guest on the show. If you want to hear from guests like Chris talking about today's trends for tomorrow's FBA leaders, you can subscribe at beingplanful.com or wherever you get your podcast. The business landscape is changing quickly. As the pressure to manage expenses efficiently and strategically increases, you need solutions that not only help drive down costs and improve efficiencies, but meet the changing needs of your business. At U.S. Bank, we can help. We'll work with you to uncover your specific payment challenges and bring you proactive and innovative solutions and strategies that help you meet the financial goals of your organization. Our commitment to doing the right thing for our customers has earned us the designation of one of the world's most ethical companies from the Ethisphere Institute for six years in a row. To learn more, visit us at usbpayment.com.
Thanks, Jack. Uh, really a pleasure to uh, come and talk to you again, and uh, thank you for having me. Hey, don't forget, we're always happy to hear from you. Drop me an email at jack at cfothoughtleader.com. As always, thank you for listening.